What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Sport Universe podcast. It's me, Brian, and I'm joined with Nick. What's going on, guys? Okay, so um, we're in, like, the second week of sports hiatus, basically. There's still a lot of, like, football news going on, so we'll probably... Yeah, ton NFL. Yeah, focus a majority of that for this podcast, but I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, I guess NFL stuff. All right. Uh, so, a lot of NFL news this week. Obviously, XFL season pretty much has been terminated, so not any news there. But on the NFL side, as Brian stated, lots of NFL and as I said, lots of NFL news. Uh, the new league year started up, so that means free agency signings, franchise tags, uh, all the good stuff uh, is in the news. So I just, I guess I'm going to go through some, some rundowns of all the NFL news that happened this this week. Um. I guess, you know, this this entire period, I would say, uh, it's hard to say, but uh, Eric Weddle retired. That was one of the earlier things, and that happened a couple weeks ago. So, you know, uh, the Chargers and Philip Rivers, they parted ways, so Philip Rivers became a free agent, effectively. Uh, The the Ravens released Tony Jefferson, and I'm just going through it. Uh, You know, Drew Brees started to return. Uh, The Seahawks signed Greg Olson. The Redskins released Jordan Reed, tight end. Uh, The Lions released Damon Harrison. Uh, the Bears released Prince Okamura. The Lions re-signed Danny Amendola. I mean, there's a ton of news. So I'm just going to go through it, uh, just in case you guys don't want to have to look through all this yourself. Um, the Jaguars franchise tagged uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who was hoping the Giants trade for it. And he still might be open for trade, so keep an eye out for him being on the move. The Jaguars may have franchise tagged him just to trade him, because Ngakwe definitely wants out of uh, Jacksonville, and it's pretty obvious he's put a over Twitter with it. Uh, the Broncos acquired A.J. Bouye, as well as the Broncos also lost uh, uh, Harris Jr. Uh, to the Chargers. So, you know, they, they picked up a corner where they lost one. Uh, the Chargers acquires Tri Turner, uh, you know, help out their offensive line. Chargers re-sign Austin Eckler. Uh, the, so the, the Redskins also released Josh Norman, and he was, they were, he was picked up by the Bills uh, for a pretty good price. Uh, the Jets released Jermaine Johnson, which is pretty forthcoming. Um, what was it? That was it. Last two two seasons ago, uh, the Jets wound up signing uh, Jermaine Johnson for a five year, seventy two point five million dollar deal, and he was awful. Such a um, stupid deal. He, he got benched. They gave him maximum money, which I, which is another reason that I got pretty upset. Um, which I guess I'll get to it now. The Giants wound up signing uh, James Bradbury from the Panthers for five for three years, forty five million, which isn't as bad as that Jets deal. But I just I'm not huge in, into paying special teams players uh, big money. I'm okay with quarterbacks. I'm okay with, like, safeties, linebackers, but, like, cornerbacks, wide receivers, and running backs, I'm not huge on paying them big money. You just don't know if they're going to be good. You know, to me, those positions, like, you have talent there, but it's also the system that they're in matters a lot. And, you know, specialty specialty players like wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera, you know, they're not going to win you games. Your offensive line, your quarterbacks, your linebackers, your defensive linemen, like, those are the players that are really going to win games for you, in my opinion, so... Not spending big money on them is important to me. Um, Marshall Yonder retired. Uh, what a great career he had from the Ravens guard. He retired. The, the Dolphins released Rashad Jones. He's getting pretty old. The Packers released Jimmy Graham. Um, you know, this is this is all before even the coronavirus news that came out last week. But obviously, coronavirus kind of uh, obviously superseded everything else. So it was kind of hard to get it in. Uh, the Titans released Cameron Wake again. Very old. He's getting to the end of his career. Uh, the Ravens assigned uh, franchise tag to Matt Judon. Uh, the franchise tag uh, for the Chargers went to Hunter Henry. Uh, the Broncos assigned their franchise tag to Justin Simmons. The Vikings released Xavier Rhodes, who was a really good cornerback in the day, but he's obviously fallen off quite a bit in the past year or two. 
Uh, Titans released Delaney Walker, longtime tight end. I think obviously, I think a lot of these guys are going to get signed, but it's just it's a ma- only a matter of time. And with the coronavirus, I'm sure everything's going a little bit slower than usual. Uh, the Vikings released Linval Joseph, who was their defensive captain for I don't know how long. Uh, the Redskins franchise tag Brandon Scherf. Uh, the, the Ravens acquired Clyus Campbell, which is really big for them. That's, that's a really big uh, acquisition for them. It really solidifies their D-line. And I'm sure they're going to try to address their defense even more, uh, or maybe their offensive line going forward in the draft. Uh, the Colts re-signed Anthony Costanzo, which is which is pretty big for the offensive line. Um, and as you guys know, they, they just signed Phil Rivers to... Mm-hmm. fact that they do have a solid offensive line and they're going to keep that between him and Quentin Nelson and everybody else to have it on that line. It's going to be big for Philip Rivers. He's going to have a successful year because obviously Philip Rivers did sign a one-year deal with the Colts. So it's going to be a pretty big deal to have a good offensive line there to give him a good year to help him or to assist him a little bit easier and maybe they'll re-sign him if he has a if he's pretty successful there. Uh, Titans re-signed Ryan Tannehill, which is big. Uh, they were out on the Brady at that point. Uh, Texans re-signed Bradley Roby. Uh, the Patriots re-signed Devin McCourty as well as Justin McCourty. Um, and they also franchise tag Joe uh, Thunny, or Th- I always mess up his name. But between those three players, as soon as those three players got signed, you knew that Tom Brady wasn't going back to the Patriots. They just didn't have the available cap to really bring in Tom Brady back. So, again, at that point, you knew he was kind of out. It's just a matter of where he was going to go. And then he obviously announced it the next morning after the, the, all those acquisitions happened. Uh, the Falcons released Desmond Trufant, who, who was really showed a lot of promise, I want to say, two, three years ago. But he, just, he hasn't been great. Um, and he's, he's been in the top corner for Atlanta for a while. So, I'm sure, you know, uh, it was tough to let him go. Uh, the Giants went out uh, tagging uh, Leonard Williams, who they acquired from the Jets for a third and a fifth round pick, which was an absolute waste of picks. He wasn't great for the Jets. He underperformed there, and he underperformed for the Giants. It's just dead of Gettleman's just trying to save face and keeping him on the team with the franchise tag. So that number one, he, he doesn't look like an idiot for trading away nothing, for trading away picks for nothing. Uh, number two, I guess he kind of hopes he does have a better year next year if he gets an extra year in the system, which I doubt it. I'm not too high on Leonard Williams. He's had a, a number of years now to prove himself. Um, number five pick in, in 2016. Um Oh, no, never mind. No, he, was, he was a pro bowler in 2016, but he was number five pick. I forget, was it 2015? Was it 2016? I don't remember. Uh, so, again, four or five years to prove himself. He's had plenty of time to step it up, and he just hasn't. Uh, the Packers signed Christian Kirksey from the Browns, who was pretty big uh, for them. You know, he's a pretty good linebacker. Um, uh, the Falcons wound up releasing Devontae Freeman. He just hasn't <clears throat> had the production they've been looking for. He's 28 now, um, so... You know, they released him. Uh, the Vikings wind up extending uh, Kirk Cousins. They're doubling down on the fact that he didn't think he's the answer over in Minnesota. Uh, he had a pretty good year uh, for the Vikings. He obviously threw 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, he went 10-5 as a starter last year, so you know, I, I think he's pretty decent. I don't know if he's the answer long-term, but I don't mind. You know, Two-year extension is not terrible. Give him more time to see what he can do. Uh, the Bengals franchise tagged A.J. Green, which was pretty expected because they have no talent on the team. They need uh, Joe Burrow when they do draft him. They need somebody for him to throw to, so that's going to be A.J. Green. Uh, the Titans franchise tagged Derrick Henry. Um, that's a pretty significant tag, which uh, may not seem like it. Obviously, he was the best running back in the NFL last year, and he really showed it off in the playoffs. He, I, in my opinion, I think Derrick Henry really carried the Titans all the way to uh, the conference finals last year. And they wound up losing to the Chiefs, obviously. But uh, he's really big. But more importantly, the fact that they franchise tagged him and didn't extend him, uh, 
and this, this again, a lot of this news is overlapping, and it, it's it's pretty big in terms of the NFL. So they, again, they franchise tag them, right? They didn't extend him and give him a big contract, unlike maybe someone like the Rams did with Todd Gurley. And in my opinion, it's been shown over and over again that running backs are just their longevity in the NFL is unproven. And, and it's it's not even like a particular player's fault. It's just the position itself. You know, they get banged. I, when I played high school football and I had to play a scout running back, even though I'm fat as hell and I was a lineman, uh, even getting tackled, you know, as big as I am, getting tackled every play, which is so painful. And I'm like, who would want to do this? So I can understand what the running backs have to go through. I guess like, I can't fully understand what they get, but I, I get a glimpse of what they have to go through. Uh, it's pretty tough. Their bodies can't take it, can only take that much pain and that much punishment for so long. So their longevity is just not good. So you know, the Titans choosing to franchise tag them versus extend them is, is a signal. And a lot of the teams in the NFL do this. Uh, you know, they don't want to sign these running backs to big deals. As and again, as I said, uh, the longevity is just not there. Uh, they franchise tag him, they get him for a cheaper price, hopefully. Um, and they and if they want to release him, you know, they don't have to give him on a you know, again, franchise tag is only one year, I believe. Or yeah, it, it's it's one year, I believe. And it's and the way a franchise tag works, if you guys don't know, I should explain this earlier, but essentially uh, <clears throat> whatever position that player identified identifies as they take the top five salaries from that position across the league and they average it out. And that's how much the salary of that player will be for a year. Mm. So them only giving Derrick Henry is still going to get somewhat top money. So he won't be too upset, but I'm sure Derrick Henry wants to get paid as a top running back in the NFL as pretty much he deserves. However, if the Titans don't want to shell out the money, it's a good way of doing it. And if he doesn't perform as well as they want, they could always, you know, not franchise tag him. So that is a possibility. Uh, the Cowboys wanted up, uh, franchise tagging Dak Prescott, and it kind of got released to the news media that Dak Prescott wanted upwards of forty to fifty million dollars a year. Some, something ridiculous, you know. It's, it's a little blurred exactly how much, but obviously, you know, forty million dollars a year would be absolutely insane. It would be by far the number one paid quarterback in the NFL, and the Cowboys were not willing to do that, which I totally understand. So they decided to franchise tag him. Uh, I'm sure that Dak Prescott's upset, and yeah, I think it's the second year in a row that they franchise. So they're gonna get. Or this is the first year, I can't remember, but they're going to have to give him an extension at some point. They can't keep franchise tagging him. So they're going to have to move on that point at some point with the Cowboys, or they're going to lose Dak, which I think uh, as, much, as much as people do clown him in the media and on social media, he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, I don't think that the Cowboys could find anybody better than Dak. Um, so I, I think it's really important that they do extend him at some point. Uh, going forward, uh, the Vikings uh, franchise tag Anthony Harris. Uh, the Browns signed Austin Hooper to the biggest contract for a tight end in the entire league. I do think Austin Hooper's good, but I don't think he's worth that amount of money. That being said, that makes the Browns' offense just that much better. Um, hopefully, I forget who they signed. I believe they signed the Vikings offensive coordinator. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, you know, if they're going to make that the new head coach work, obviously the talent on offense got to be. So you've got to put up touchdowns to the Browns this year. You have Austin Hooper, David Njoku, who's a, who's a serviceable tight end, serviceable tight end himself. You have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. You have Nick Chubb in the, in the backfield along with Kareem Hunt. You know, the offensive line's not quite there, but I'm sure they'll probably address it in the draft. You have a pretty talented young quarterback in Baker Mayfield. That offense has to boom if they're going to find the right coach. I mean, To me, again, with finding the right coach, as I've said again and again in the podcast, is really the issue. But they find the right coach, and there's no reason this offense shouldn't boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Hooper just makes that offense that much better. Uh, the Dolphins wind up signing Eric Flowers to a three-year, $30 million deal. Which, you know, me as a Giants fan, I hate Eric Flowers. And they drafted him really high, I believe, 2014, the year before Odell. And he's just been awful ever since. Uh, the, the Redskins wind up picking him up. He switched over to guard. He played tackle for the Giants. And he had a decent year with the Redskins, but you know, average at best. So the Dolphins assigned him 
decided to sign him to a bigger contract. Um, I think it was a fluke year. I don't think that he's going to really be that much better. This guy keeps getting huge contracts from different teams, and he's just not getting any better. I don't understand it, why teams really want him. Uh, Huge trade right here. The Cardinals acquired DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I covered this on the Instagram, but if you guys didn't watch that. uh, So the Texans wound up trading uh, DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth-round pick. Uh, in exchange for David Johnson, a second-round pick, and I think it was a David Johnson and a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick from the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals got a steal here, obviously. DeAndre Hopkins is probably number one, number two. Probably debated between him and Michael Thomas right now as the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien is is really hurting the Texans in the long run. If you guys didn't know, uh, Bill O'Brien is obviously the Texans' head coach. Which to me was I didn't know he's also their GM and that could work really well in terms of you know your coach you know he has his schemes he has players that he's keeping an eye out on he wants these players to run his scheme and it could work if you're a really good head coach and you you have serviceable GM enough to get the players that you want but obviously the Texans haven't won anything and they just traded away the best wide receiver in the league with a blossoming young MVP caliber quarterback in Deshaun Watson and they traded away his number one weapon for David Johnson and and some crappy picks. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a bad move. Bill O'Brien, you know, where it has worked, for instance, the Patriots, right? They have, uh, Bill Belichick, GM coach, coach, incredible coach, pretty good GM. He makes it work. Bill O'Brien does not make it work. He's very much hurting the Texans. Uh, news rumors came out that, uh, Bill O'Brien wound up comparing DeAndre Hopkins to, uh, Anthony Hernandez, uh, Aaron Hernandez, rather. From the Patriots, who was the murderer, who oh wound up killing himself in jail, uh, to reasons unannounced. Uh, but he also said that – he said something else that was inappropriate as well. And it, it just seems – you know, everyone that's came into contact with Bill O'Brien seems to not like him. Uh, it seems to be character issues with Bill O'Brien. You know, I can't say because I'm not inside that locker room. But it's not a good look for Bill O'Brien. This trade was pretty lopsided for the Cardinals. The Cardinals dumped David Johnson, who has not been the same since he hurt himself a couple years back. And they get a top-tier wide receiver to add to their pretty decent uh, young wide receiver core in uh, Arizona. Um, I think, you know, and they were also going to pretty much use, uh, I can't remember his name, Kenyon? Uh, Kenyon Drake, there we go, as, as I couldn't. Oh, it took me a minute to think of the name. They're going to use Kenyon Drake as their, their featured back anyway, so David Johnson was expendable. So this is just a huge win for the Cardinals. Uh, they're going to be, again, as I've said over the past year or two now, that they're a blossoming team. They're going to get better and better. Uh, Kyler Murray's pretty talented. That wide receiver core is pretty good. Uh, they're gonna, If they keep fixing their issues, and again, they're doing a pretty good job. they got a good wide receiver core together. Their offensive line is kind of iffy, and they definitely need to improve that. Again, but if, if, the way that they're adjusting their issues, it seems like they're a blossoming team, and it's a really good look for Arizona. Uh, going forward, uh, the 49ers re-signed uh, Eric Armstead, which is pretty big for them. Uh, keep that, that team together. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl. Dolphins signed Shaq Lawson, who is not great for the Bills. 19th overall pick in 2016, but he just hasn't been you know, what he's panned out to be. So hopefully, I, I hope for Sha- I, you know, I like Shaq Lawson out of college, so I'm hoping that he will bloom uh, going on the Dolphins. Um, unexpected trade for me here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons acquired Hayden Hurst. I had a fourth round pick from the Baltimore Ravens in exchange for a second round and a fifth round pick. Um, I'm not really sure why the 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 Ravens did this. Obviously, they just got Hayden Hurst. Not too was it? I can't remember. It was he was a rookie this year? Um, 
he was in the 2018 draft, so yeah, it was two years ago. Yeah, he, he just started blossoming. You know, he's pretty good last year, but he was really good this year. Um, I'm not sure why they traded him. I'm assuming they think that with the with the you know the money they and the, rather the picks they got back, they're going to be able to draft another tight end. If they have a tight end in the draft, they're looking at and hopefully use the other picks to expand their draft capital. Uh, the Ravens are really trying to get themselves over the bump to come playoff time at the end of the day because they went 14 and two last season. You know, if you go 14 and two, in my opinion, don't change the roster. Uh, just keep doing what you were doing, right? You went 14 and two. Uh, try to figure it out, get more experience. Uh, shell over what you did, and you know, let's say you go thirteen and three next year, but you make it deeper in the playoffs, and that's improvement, in my opinion. So I, I wouldn't have touched the roster, but I really like Hayden Hurst. If you guys don't know uh, anything about him, uh, he's he's a really interesting player to follow. And if you, I think the backstory all over the internet, so you can go look at it. But I'll give you a little insight on it. Uh, he was originally a pitcher coming into college. Uh, he, he went into a deep depression, went to quitting baseball, and then he came back and went to play football, which obviously he played in. Uh, High school as well, but he came back to it uh, for South Carolina. South Carolina, I think he walked on South Carolina, and they gave him a spot. And he was just amazing for South Carolina. And then he went on to the NFL, and he's he's a big advocate for uh, you know mental health. So uh, kudos to him. I think the the Falcons really won this trade. I think anybody that gets Hayden Hurst has won that trade because you know he's going to give you the effort on the field as well as pretty good talent. So moving forward, uh, Raymond Foster retired from the NFL, who was the tackle for the. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time. Really good player. Uh, kudos to him for a great career. Uh, the Buccaneers re-signed Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, he had a pretty good year last year. Um, you know, During his first year, he had 12 and a half sacks. Well, last year, he only had eight and a half, eight and a half in 10 games. You know, he's been pretty injury-ridden through his career. Obviously, he blew his hand off, but you know, 10 sacks every, you know, roughly, if you get a new eight and a half, 10 sacks, he's worth re-signing. Uh, just goes to show that as a defensive lineman, you really don't need hands. <laughs> I don't need fingers for that matter. You, you, you know, having a hand definitely helps. But I, I can't remember if he's still clubbing or not. Which, if you guys don't know, clubbing is it's just you wrap your hand up and it literally makes a club out of your hand, mm-hmm. which is a pretty effective tool. I've gotten, I've went against kids in high school who, who had clubs uh, from casts most of the time. They rubbed their hand, they casted it, they clubbed it, and that's that stuff hurts like hell. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. when they hit you upside, even though it's penalty, they get away with it. Obviously, more so because it's high school. But they club you inside the head, and that, that <laughs> hurts real bad. Um, you, you learn to try to avoid the club. Uh, the Colts acquired DeForest Buckner from the 49ers, who was the 13th overall pick. Um, he, he, you know, I don't know really know why. Uh, it, he was rather he was the 13th overall pick in 2018. Uh, just to clarify. Um, oh, never mind. Never so we backtrack that. Uh, he was the number seven overall pick in 2018, and they exchange in exchange the Colts gave them a 13th, the 13th overall pick. Uh, people were figuring that the Colts were going to go quarterback with the 13th overall pick, but obviously they picked up Killer Rivers, and they figured uh, they could get some talent out of DeForest Buckner. You know, I think DeForest Buckner is a really good talent. He's had 19 and a half sacks over his first two years in the NFL, and he's caused two he caused two forced uh, two forced fumbles in 2019, so that's pretty big. Um, you know, I, he's a really good talent. I'm not sure why the 49ers got rid of him. I'm assuming it comes down to the fact that they want they want to do something with this 13th overall pick. Number one, number two, you know, they were, were not going to give DeForest Buckner the money that he wanted. So it's probably a combination of those two things, or maybe it's characteristic, you know, we don't know inside the locker room, but I think he's a good talent. So big pickup for the Colts. Uh, the Browns signed Jack Conklin, who's probably the biggest offensive tackle on the free agency market. Uh, he came from the Titans. Uh, again, there goes the Browns uh, addressing their offensive line. Um, that offense is really stacked. They're going super heavy on offense. I expect the, I expect the Browns offense to definitely improve this year. Uh, they have a they have a better coach. They have a coach who, who's been a coordinator number one, so his play 
call should be good and the talents there. It's all about how that coaches in the in the locker room. But I think their offense, at the very least, should improve. Uh, the Lions sign uh, something hot Vitae. I suck with his first name. He's he's Hawaiian. Came from the, the Eagles. Um, offense tackle. You know, five year, fifty million dollar contract. Hala Poli Poli Vitae Vitae. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was never big on him on the Eagles. I never thought he was that good. So, decent picker for the Lions. I, I'm I'm so lost in the Lions. I don't know if Matt Patricia is the answer. They wound up trading uh, Darius Slay to the Eagles for third and fifth round pick, I believe. Darius Slay said that Matt Patricia said he wasn't elite. There's some locker room issues. Who knows? Uh, going forward, the Browns signed Case Keenum. Pretty good backup for them right there. Um, the Redskins are letting him go or kind of moving towards maybe an Alex Smith comeback, if you guys don't remember him. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he's been up for a year. I don't know if he's ready to return. The news on him is very foggy, so maybe an Alex Smith return. Uh, I'd say more likely so is going to be Dwayne Haskins is going to take over for the Redskins going forward. Um, the Broncos signed Graham Glasgow, who's been pretty good for the Lions. I think he's a pretty good center. That's a big pickup for them after the Broncos lost uh, uh, Matt Paradis a couple years back now. Um, Giants signed James Bradbury. I talked about that. Dolphins signed Byron Jones to a – here's the thing about Byron Jones. They signed him to a five-year, $82.5 million contract. It was a huge contract. But personally, I've met Byron Jones in real life, and if you guys don't believe me, or you don't believe me, that was a pretty cool moment for me. I was on the sideline of a game, and then my friend said, uh, Byron Jones, I have your card in Madden, and then he like he pointed at us, and it was, just, it was a pretty pretty cool moment for me. So a pretty cool guy. He's one of the only guys that actually responded to us on the sideline, so you know, I have a little bit of bias there. But he's also a really talented corner. Um, he, he's probably the most locked-down corner in the NFL next, last year, you know, along with maybe a Stephon Gilmore. So really big for them. Um, I think he's a great signing for the Dolphins. I think he is going to pan out as as good as they hope he will be. I think it's a good sign for the Dolphins. You know, again, not huge on, on giving guys big money, but I think Byron Jones may be an exception for me. Uh, the Ravens signed Michael Brockers, defensive tackle. So again, Ravens are really trying to solidify their defensive line, be big up front. Um, and if you guys notice, uh, just think about this logically, right? Who did the Ravens lose to in the uh, playoffs last year? They lost to the Titans. How'd they get beat? Nothing but running the ball down their throats. They went and picked up Clyde's Campbell. They wound up pick. They wound up picking uh, Michael Brockers. You know, big guys up front. Um, they're really trying to solidify the D line, not get beat by the run. Um, they're trying to make it a passing game because I think the in a passing game, uh, if, if the defense can't get the passing game for the the Ravens is probably better right now. They have a lot of they have a pretty good secondary. You know, headed by Earl Thomas again. Slitting that defensive line, I think, is what they're going for to really help down, have crack down on that run and, and solidify their team going into the playoffs for next season. Uh, the Bears signed Jimmy Graham, uh, pretty good tight end. She's getting very old. Uh, you know, the Bears are still looking for a quarterback. I believe no, didn't they? Who did they pick up? I forget. Uh, they got they got Nick Foles. They traded for Nick Foles, so the, that gives Nick Foles a bit of a target to throw to. Uh, they're very well. The receiver core has not been great. Dolphins signed uh, Kyle Vanoy, who's been pretty good, the defensive leader for the Patriots. That's a big, pretty big loss for the Patriots. Dolphins pretty splat, uh, splash pretty big in this free agency period, so it's pretty good for them. Uh, Eagles signed Javon Hargrave, uh, pretty good defensive tackle for the Steelers. Uh, three or 30, $39 million, uh, not too bad of a contract, pretty good for them, uh, 27. The Lions acquired Jamie Collins, again, really good quarter, uh, really good linebacker, rather, for the Patriots. Uh, been, you know, he went to the Browns. He originally started off on the Patriots. Been one of those perennial linebackers that really is good at, for heading off defenses. Uh, you know, Patriots uh, connection with Matt Patricia. He probably likes Matt Patricia because he was the defense coordinator at the Lions. 
uh, on the Patriots, rather, while Jimmy Collins was originally there, so it may be a reason that he went there. Uh, the Rangers won signing Marcus Mariota, which pretty much ends the Derek Carr uh, era in the Rangers. Not necessarily ends it, but he does not have the guaranteed starting spot now, uh, 100%. The Raiders, I, I guarantee you, which they haven't exactly announced it yet, I'm not. Sh- I'm pretty sure, but they're going to announce it as an open slot, and they're going to have Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr compete for the uh, starting quarterback spot, which I think is pretty good because Derek Carr has been subpar throughout his career. He had one or two good years, and he just hasn't been the same since. Uh, the Bills wound up acquiring Stephon Diggs for a plethora of picks. Uh, they wound up trading the first overall pick and the fourth overall pick in 2021, and the fifth and sixth round picks uh, for this year, which are you know really big, a ton of picks. But I think Stephon Diggs is really talented. Uh, the Bills are a really good team. They're getting better. They they want to sign Mario Addison as well. You know, they're picking up a lot of talent. Josh Allen's a really good quarterback. Um, so I think that you know we're going to see the Bills take over the. That division going forward. What is the name of the division? I, I'm blanking East. out. AFC East. What is AFC East? AFC East. Yes, thank you. Um, I've been talking so long, losing air, but <laughs> um, the AFC East. I'm gonna, I expect the Bills to take over the AFC East going forward. Uh, the Cowboys went up reading signing Amari Cooper to a five-year, hundred million dollar contract. That's a lot of money for a wide receiver. This is going to backfire on them in the long run. I, Amari Cooper's good, but I don't think he's that good. Um, I think it was the fact that he was so determined on being a Cowboy is the reason that Jerry Jones probably stepped in and said, you know what, give him more money than he probably deserves. Because in my opinion, for that amount of money, you let Mario Cooper walk. That's just too much. Uh, the Texans wind up signing Randall Cobb, which is, I guess, a fill-in for uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but nowhere near close. Uh, Randall Cobb's pretty old now. You know, he's 29. He's getting towards the end of his career. Um, yeah, it's a fill-in slot, but it's not going to be anything too spectacular, I imagine. Uh, the Giants wound up sending Blake Martinez, and I absolutely hate the Giants for this. Why? Yes, he led the league in tackles last year, but he's also awful in coverage. And we had one of those last year, a.k.a. Alec Ogletree, who led the t- who was great in, t- in terms of tackling. But it was because he, he tackled all the receivers and all the, everybody he couldn't cover. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's incredible to me. I don't really get it. Um, but, you know, going off of Blake Martinez, the fact that we did sign him um, – James Bradbury, good tackler. Blake Martinez, good tackler. Uh, if you look at the Giants' defense last year, number one issue that I saw when I'm watching, and I think the coaches probably saw it too, the Giants could not tackle last year. The amount of broken tackles and missed tackles that we had really hurt our defense. So I, in, into this offensive period, into this uh, free agency period, rather, they were really looking for players that could tackle, and Blake Martinez and James Bradbury fit that bill. As well as James Bradbury had a connection with Dave Gettleman because he, Dave Gettleman, as you remember, is from the uh, Panthers, uh, and James Bradbury came from the Panthers. Um, Tom Brady uh, declared that he was leaving the Patriots, which, again, we kind of knew when the Patriots wound up re-signing all those players and franchising, tagging their center. They didn't really have the money for him anymore. Saints re-signed Drew Brees. Uh, the Panthers wound up signing Ted Bur- Teddy Bridgewater and allowed uh, Cam Newton to seek a trade. Uh, Cam Newton kind of answered back a little childishly, in my opinion. Uh, he said that, stop lying and saying that I requested the trade when the Panthers clearly did not say that. We said we're allowing you to seek a trade. Mm because we don't want you to be started here anymore. Um, I expect Cam Newton to be on the move at some point. He has obviously hasn't moved yet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the Patriots uh, tried trading for him. Uh, the Patriots did sign Brian Hoyer today, so they might try to bring in competition in that quarterback room and then make the decision from there. Because they have Brian Hoyer, they have Jared Stidham, maybe if they bring in Cam Newton, that would be a nice trio for them to decide who they're going to put at starting quarterback. Um, out of those three, I'd probably go with Cam Newton, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, the, the Bears wound up signing Robert Quinn, which is a big loss for the for the Cowboys. Uh, no matter Marcus Lawrence is the only decent pass rusher on the Cowboys' defense, 
Uh, you know, Robert Quinn had a pretty good year last year. He had 11 and a half sacks. Um, he has, he kind of fell off over the past couple of years, but you know, he had, again, had a resurgent season last year with 11 and a half sacks. So the Bears got a pretty good player in Robert Quinn there. Uh, the, Ra- the Raiders signed Corey Littleton, pretty good linebacker from the Rams. Uh, should really help out their defense. Uh, the Jaguars signed Joe Scobert, which is pretty big, uh, really good linebacker for the Browns. Uh, fourth round pick in 20, uh, 2016. So big pickup there for them really should help out their defense. Uh, Dolphins signed, there we go, the Dolphins again. Uh, Dolphins signed Jordan Howard, who, again, was pretty good. What was it two, three years ago? And he kind of fell off. He's 25 still, so he still has some, some kick in his system. Uh, two years, 10 million. I think it's a pretty good investment. Uh, Titans wind up saying Vic Beasley was really good his first year. Um, you put him on a one year deal. They're going to test out Vic Beasley, see how he does. He's really good for his first year, I believe. Was it his rookie year that he went to the Super Bowl with the Falcons and he was pretty good for them? But he just fell off and has declined in play since then, so the, Obviously, the Falcons let him walk, and there he goes to the Titans. Uh, the Colts wound up signing Philip Rivers. Um, one, was it one-year, $25 million deal? So let's see how he does. He does Raiders, which really surprising to me, signed Jason Witten. I'm not sure why Jason Witten would go to the Raiders. I guess it's more for like TV and, and some sort of uh, advertisement of himself because Las Vegas can be a town like that. But... Lifelong Cowboy, retired, came back to play for the Cowboys, and now he's going to a different team. Uh, similar to the Brady situation, but not exa- the fact that he retired, came back just to play for the team that he had been playing for his entire career, and then goes to a different team is, is really odd to me. I'm not sure why he would go there. It's a one-year contract, uh, so we'll have to see where that goes, but I don't expect him to be too much of a big player in the Raiders. It's, kind of, again, it's more of like a media stunt, possibly, to me. Chinese wind up signing uh, Brian Bulaga, which is he's really good. He was a really good tackle for the Packers for I don't know how many years, so that's a pretty big pickup for them. Bengals signed DJ Reader, not great to me. Uh, Redskins signed, uh, re-sign, did they sign him or they re-signed him? He played for the Chargers, Thomas Davis, that's right. Um, yeah, so they signed, uh, he signed up with the Redskins. Bengals signed Trey Waynes. Uh, Jets signed Connor McGovern. Um, this is the start where we see the Jets really get into free agency here. Um, they signed Connor McGovern, who's a right center. Nothing crazy to me. Um, that's obviously with him leaving. The, that's why the Broncos wind up signing Glasgow. Um, so, again, we're going to see the Jets make some more splashes going forward. Uh, but they're, they're really trying to revamp that offensive line to help out uh, – Sam Darnold going forward, so that's going to be, you know, obviously probably their key, I think, in the draft as well as free agency going forward. Um, huge, huge piece right here, which I actually I'll say that for last. Um, cliffhanger. Uh, Cowboys signed Joe McCoy, who's again fell off. He, he was his lifelong Buccaneer, and then he got he got sent off to the Panthers last year, and now he's with the Cowboys. Uh, Broncos acquired Jarrell Casey for a seventh round pick, which I think is an absolute steal by the Broncos. Jarrell Casey, really talented player. Obviously, he's getting a little bit older, but for a seventh round pick, you can't lose. Um, Jarrell Casey, really good defensive end slash defensive tackle. Big pickup for the Broncos. Chargers signed Limbaugh Joseph, who is, is a massive man. Uh, two years, $17 million. Uh, 31, so he's getting a little bit older, but he's still really talented. So I think really good pickup for them. Uh, the Saints signed Malcolm Jenkins. Ultimately, Malcolm Jenkins is getting a little bit older now. He's 32. I think the Eagles really should have extended him. He's one of those players that he gave, he gave his all for, for the city of Philadelphia, and he's one of those players you keep on the roster to at least mentor, but they didn't want to pay him what he, he was probably worth, so they had to let him go. Uh, the Falcons signed Dante Fowler Jr., a uh, pretty good linebacker for three years, $48 million. Uh, he's, he's been picking up play. 
Uh, Rams sign uh, Leonard Floyd, who's pretty, you know, he's 27, but he, he's a pretty good pass rusher. Um, should be decent for the Rams. Uh, Chargers signed Chris Harris Jr., who's who's kind of older. He's 30. He's, his play's going to start declining soon, but uh, still a really talented cornerback. Big pickup for the Chargers. Uh, Rams signed uh, Andrew, re-signed Andrew Whitworth, which was expected. He's 34 years old. Uh, I remember he's 38. Oh, my God. I thought he was younger than that. He's 38. Uh, you know, he's getting ready to retire, but they, re- they re-signed him to a three-year contract, which is pretty interesting, which would have him play till he's 41, which is pretty unprecedented for a non-quarterback. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Andrew Whitworth still is Still definitely a serviceable t- uh, tackle in the NFL. So a good re-signing for the Rams. Um, you know, he's, been, he's been a staple. They're, they're, he's been a staple tackle or on their offensive line for a little bit while now, so that makes sense. Uh, the Lions signed Desmond Trufant, and obviously that when they signed him, you knew uh, Darius Slay was going somewhere, and then they uh, you know almost, I want to say immediately, but very quickly after they wound up trading him to the uh, Darius Slay to the Eagles. Darius Slay's going to wear number 24 for the Eagles to honor Kobe. Pretty cool. Uh, the Broncos released Joe Flacco, which we knew was coming. Kind of funny because uh, John Elway, who obviously legendary quarterback, but also the GM of the Broncos right now, uh, said that uh, Joe Flacco was just getting into his prime last year, and he did terrible. Uh, they wound up subbing him out for Drew Locke, and Drew Locke did a lot better, so they let him go. Um, I guess Joe, Joe Flacco, if he's going to remain in the league, he's going to be a backup. We'll have to see where he lands. Uh, the Rams wound up releasing Todd Gurley, which you know, not too long after, I think the same day, Todd Gurley wound up signing with the Falcons. Uh, obviously, Todd Gurley grew up in Georgia. He went to uh, you know Georgia University for college, the uh, University of Georgia rather, and now he's back in Atlanta with the Falcons. So it's more of a homecoming for him. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, hopefully, he does good there. I was hoping to see him go to Tampa Bay and pair up with with uh, the chosen one, but it's not where the where they went. Uh, the Giants won signing Colt McCoy, which I didn't really understand it as a Giants fan because. It's kind of just a waste of cap. Why are we signing any any quarterback, backup quarterback, when we have Daniel Jones? Um, you know, I, if Daniel Jones does get injured, God forbid, I'd rather just tank the season and get a good draft pick. Um, you know, pay why should pay a minimum to a random backup? Again, if we lose Daniel Jones, I don't think there's really a point in, in trying for too much unless we're really having that good of a season. And in that case, I don't think Colt McCoy would really carry us to anywhere. So I don't really get it. Uh, Cowboys want him sending Haha Clinton Dix, who is getting older now. They signed him to a one-year, four million dollar contract, which is pretty good. He's twenty-seven. Uh, he's pretty, still a pretty solid player. He's really good for the Panthers, uh, Pan- uh, Packers rather. Um, pretty good pickup for them. Obviously, they're trying to replace Byron Jones there. Um, the Saints wound up signing, uh, re-signing Andrews Pete, which is pretty good for their, their offensive line. Five-year, fifty-seven and a half million dollar contract. Steelers signed Eric Ebron. Uh, they're trying to get. You know, as much juice as I can out of Ben Roethlisberger. It looks like a mess. I don't know if you guys seen him in the media lately, but he looks like an absolute mess. I hope he's doing all right. Uh, obviously, he got injured earlier in the year last year. So, again, getting as much as I can out of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, giving him a decent target in Eric Ebron. Um, the Broncos wanted signing Melvin Gordon, which is pretty interesting, for a two-year $16 million contract. He's going to split time with Philip Lindsay, so that should be pretty interesting. Um, you know, who's going to be the feature back? I'd imagine it's still Philip Lindsay, but Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay is a pretty, a pretty powerful backfield to have. Uh, Drew Locke should be pretty happy with that. Uh, the Saints signed Emmanuel Sanders, which is a pretty nice pickup for them. Again, that should give some little bit more longevity out of uh, Drew Brees, give more, more t- another target to throw to. Uh, Raiders signed Nelson Aguilar, who I think is a pretty decent receiver, but and he, he's pretty good for the Eagles. But obviously, I, I got to understand if you know Nelson Aguilar, you know how much the Eagles fan base hates him. I want to say over the past two years, he's gotten so many chance. Like every single clutch chance seems to go to Nelson Aguilar, or it seemed had gone for Nelson Aguilar for the Eagles, and he just dropped the ball so many times, or just didn't catch it. Uh, the Eagles fans hated him; they were happy to see him go. But I still think he was a pretty solid receiver. 
Um, I mean, he's never reached 800 yards, but you know, if you get him for a decent price, he's not a bad receiver. He, you know, his career high is 768 yards, eight touchdowns in 2017. So that's not terrible. You know, he's a serviceable receiver. I don't think he's spectacular, but you know, he's good enough to make an NFL roster. And as I said, the Patriots signed Brian Hoyer. So that uh, about rounds off the entire free agency. So now the biggest free agency signing of them all, uh, the one that everybody's waiting for, the one that I teased to before, the the Buccaneers wind up signing Thomas, yes, Thomas Brady, the the GOAT, six-time Super Bowl winner, Thomas Brady, uh, to, I would believe it was a two- or three-year contract for like $30 million a year. I don't know what the exact contract was. Brian, do you know the exact contract? No, I don't. I don't has it been announced yet? It has been officially announced, yes. Hmm. Um, so, you know, just everything that I've been saying on the podcast, podcast absolutely wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I just really didn't expect Tom Brady to leave. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I guess it, I guess the details really haven't been emerged on it, but we're expecting it somewhere to be around $30 million a year for two to three years. Um. Okay, never mind. Here it is. It, it wound up released a couple hours ago. So apparently, it's a two-year, fifty million dollars a year that is fifty is fully guaranteed. Some sentence that allowed it to go up to fifty-nine million dollars. So it's twenty-five million dollars a year for Tom Brady. Um, incredible, honestly. Uh, I, I so you know, looking looking at this right from all the information we we got, here's the truth of the matter, right? Tom Brady never wanted to go back to the Patriots. He wanted a new challenge. But he probably would have considered it if the Patriots had offered him the money that, that he wanted. But the Patriots, number one, didn't didn't want to give him that money. Number two, um, even though the Patriots said they would have, but obviously I don't think they would have. Um, number two, I think Tom Brady probably actually had a little bit of control over the roster in his last year, in his last couple of years, and just have more influence over the Patriots. And the Patriots didn't want that. Bill Belichick obviously wanted full control of the team, so he didn't get that. So I think Tom Brady was ready to walk at that point. Um, so, so obviously he did. Um, so that was the end of that. And then going forward, looking at Tom Brady in terms of free agency, uh, you know, the Chargers wanted him, but they didn't really match up the numbers that he wanted, assumingly, number one. Number two, I think Tom Brady wanted to stay on the East Coast. He wanted to stay near his family. Um, he wanted to have some control over the roster. And I think Tom Br- and, and the Buccaneers really were the only team that ever really gave him everything he was looking for in terms of staying on the East Coast, uh, being in Tampa Bay, which is a decent city, but... Uh, the Buccaneers are, I think, are the least winningest, winningest franchise in NFL history. So, you know, I think it's, I think ultimately, in my opinion, which again, this is beyond what we we know now. I think that Tom Brady is looking for the ultimate challenge. He's saying, not only can I win without Bill Belichick, I could turn this this team that's been struggling their entire the entire time they've been a franchise, and I could turn them around and, and and win a Super Bowl with them. I think that's his challenge that he's putting on himself. He's trying to put himself in a position. Now, again, staying on the East Coast, staying with his family, but also putting his legacy in a position that no one could ever touch it, even though I believe that no one could touch it now. Um, and, again, looking at the, the Buccaneers, they have a pretty good wide receiver core between uh, Chris God, uh, Godwin. they got Mike Evans. Um, you know, Running back is still two to be decided. Uh, O.J. Howard's pretty good for the tight end for them. Um, I'm hoping they do sign Antonio Brown, even the rumor is they're not going to sign him right now. Uh, pretty, pretty astonishing to me that he went there. Um, should be really fun to watch. Should be really weird seeing him in a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. Uh, good news for everybody else in the, a- the AFC East, though. Uh, as I said, I think the Bills are probably going to take the number one slot there. The Dolphins are going to move into the number two because of the talent they acquired, and they also have a thing. They have they have a pretty good coach. 
Jets are going to stay number three. They're still working. And then Patriots might be number four. Um, I'll have to really see that. AFC is really open for grabs. Anyone can come out on top. Um, everyone could do good in, in, in that uh, division this year. You know, we could see the worst team being a 7-9 and nine team. We could see the worst team being 1-16 if the Patriots absolutely collapse. Hmm. If the Jets don't work out, if the, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting division right there. Um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, Brian, do you have any comments? I definitely do. Um, yeah. When the news about Tom Brady broke, I was very excited, obviously, being a Jets fan. I've dealt years and years of having to watch Tom Brady make these clutch plays at end of game. Like, the Jets always somehow – well, not always, but there's a lot of games against the Patriots where they, like, play pretty well, and then it goes down to the last drive, and Tom Brady does some ridiculous thing um, and ruins the three hours that I spent watching the Jets game. Um, so I'm really happy he's gone – I'm going to disagree that I, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be number two. Um, I still hope that the Jets will be number two. Um, I think that, obviously, it's my bias, but I hope that Sam Darnold improves to the point that they'll be able to get past the Dolphins. Um, and hopefully the whole sign, them signing the offensive lineman will do that for him. And I said this on the reacts, but I think that if this year Sam Darnold doesn't really prove anything, I think it's time to move on from him. I know everyone has like a lot of hope in him, and I still do. But if he doesn't show anything this year, I think it's time to find someone else, which is very dis- would be very disappointing because everyone thinks he's going to be their franchise quarterback, which I hope he is. But um, he hasn't really shown a lot to me, at least. But mainly, what I you I want to take from that is I'm very happy Tom Brady is not in the AFC East anymore. Mm-hmm. That's pretty pretty hot take from a Jets fan. I think it's armed. it might be time to move on from Sands. I don't know if he doesn't improve. I, I'm not necessarily against that. I think in your third year, if you haven't been good yet and you don't show significant improvement, and, and good yet is all based upon, obviously, where you were drafted. When you were drafted as high as Sam Darnold was, yeah. uh, I can't remember. What pick was he? Three? He was three, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was three. So, you know, getting picked third overall you got to show you know, some elite-level talent. And if you're not showing that then by the third year, you know at least some improvement by the third year, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, why can't it just say what pick he was? Whatever. He was, he yeah. was a third overall pick. Okay. So remember, he, they picked the run after the Giants. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so moving on from free agency, uh, two little things here. Uh, draft is probably going to be pushed back, although the NFL hasn't announced it yet. It seems like everything's going as planned, which I don't think it will. I guess the NFL is just waiting it out. Uh, and on top of that, the NFL did have it, its first official case between staff and players mm-hmm. of um, of coronavirus, and that first person is going to be Sean Payton. Uh, Sean Payton uh, tested positive. Uh, I think he announced it via via some sort of Twitter or whatever. I don't know what it was, but he obviously tested positive. So that's your first case. Um, so that about wraps it up for the NFL, Brian. All right. Very long NFL update, but there's a lot yes. of stuff that went on. Um, so I'll give Nick... Uh, breather so baseball stuff not a lot but some things to talk about chris sale probably the biggest news um he is having tommy john surgery and will miss the whole 2020 season however long that season is which is really the whole main reason that i think he elected to have tommy john surgery a lot of players try to figure ways around getting tommy john surgery and trying any different way than having to lose a whole season of their career um, and I think it got to the point for Chris Sale and the Red Sox. Obviously, if you didn't know, this would be his first year of his new contract with the Red Sox, his five-year, $145 million contract. Um, 
I think it got to the point where they don't know when the 2020 season is going to start. They're saying mid-May, but I don't think that's what's going to happen, hopefully. But I think it's going to be pushed back into the summer. Um, and I think their main thinking was behind it was get the Tommy John surgery over with so he could be back as early as possible in 2021 when he could have an even bigger impact because no one really knows how long the 2020 season is going to be. At this point for the Red Sox this season, um, after trading Mookie Betts, I don't think they see themselves as a real big threat, and I don't think anyone actually does see them as a threat. I think they're kind of – I don't think they're at the beginning of a rebuild because I think they have talent, um, but I think they're – they have a little bit to go before they're a contender again, and I think it made sense for them to go and do Tommy John surgery for Chris Sale. Um, the last baseball thing – um, today, the Blue Jays president, Mark Shapiro, basically said um, that when baseball wants to resume, they ha- they should be they should give like every team a month of basically training camp again, because with what's happening with the coronavirus, these players aren't going to a lot of the players aren't going to have been picking up a baseball or even practicing or anything like that. And starting the season right when you can again might pose difficulty for a lot of them. Um, in my opinion, uh, it's kind of a risky area because I do see what he's saying, but I don't know how much, like, we don't know when it's going to start again. And I don't know how long baseball wants to really stop, like not have baseball going on. Um, if that makes sense, because it could be the summer, it could be maybe as early as mid-May. No one really knows for sure. And doing a whole nother month of basically spring training, training camp could be a problem. Um, but I definitely see what he's saying because these players aren't going to be ready. It might just be a situation where you just throw everyone in the deep end and just wait it out till they're playing to their top level. Um, that's really baseball. I guess we'll get into the NBA. Um, the first thing I want to just talk about is all the, the notable players that tested positive. Um, Rudy Gobert was obviously the first, then it was Donovan Mitchell. I think we talked about that last podcast. Um, then other notable players I can just think off the top of my head, Kevin Durant, um, Marcus Smart. There's a, was it four net players? Yes. Yeah. Four Nets players. Yeah. Two Lakers players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's likely from Rudy Gobert too, that he started all this because a lot of all these players that have tested positive were in contact with Rudy Gobert within, I forget the time period they suggested. Yeah. So it, it is likely that Rudy Gobert spread it to all of them. And there is probably a lot of other cases, too, that are just not known yet. Yeah, Marcus Smart on the Celtics. Yeah. Um, what else do you want? you want to talk about? Jamal Murray. So uh, yeah. do you want to do it or should I? I I'll do it because it might make you uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so Jamal Murray made a slight boo-boo uh, late last night. Um I, which I believe it was a small him making the boo boo and not somebody else. He, he's saying he got hacked. He wound up posting him and his girlfriend, uh, you know, Sexy. Not, having having relations, uh, <laughs> at the very least, on his Instagram story. Obviously, he's saying he was hacked. Um, I personally think it was probably by accident. Um, ultimately, it happens. They're two consenting adults. It's it's not the biggest deal. I, everyone likes to make fun of it. I just want. To cover it because I think it was like it was number three trending on Twitter, which is pretty interesting. Especially in the time um, everybody was, right now, everybody was talking about it, and it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Apparently, Draymond Green did it on a Snapchat a couple years ago. So I did not know. And about no one ever, was, you know, people don't talk. Yeah, you didn't know about it. I didn't know about it. Uh-huh. So, uh, 
know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, you know, funny stuff. Yeah. A little comedy to brighten up your weeks of, of, of quarantine. Um, yeah. What's this LeBron James stuff? LeBron. What is that? Where do you have LeBron James? LeBron does his first IG live stream. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I wrote that in the outline, guys, and I totally forgot to put it there. <laughs> um, obviously, with the league being uh, postponed, LeBron's pretty bored. He did his first Instagram live story, like, ever. Um, when you're when you're a caliber player of LeBron James or somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi, you know these really really well known uh, uh, athletes. When you do something like an Instagram live story for the first time, you shed a, a decent portion and insights about his life. So it was really interesting to watch, and I think it was it's a pretty cool moment for uh, Instagram. Mm. Uh, I can't remember. I think I think it was like LeBron James and Shaq interacted. On it, and I watched that. That was pretty cool. But he, just to give a little insight, uh, number one, he said that he wants to remain a Laker for life. So, is any any ifs about him leaving at some point? It definitely seems like that's not a uh, issue. He said he really misses uh, playing uh, in the NBA, and he feels like the the Lakers were just about to gel. They really start to get good, heat up. Um, and he also said that. Uh, he's really he's kind of happy that th- this coronavirus did happen. Well, not necessarily coronavirus happened, but he's happy to have the time with his family that he wouldn't have had if he hadn't gotten off. So he, he's happy about that. But obviously, he's not happy about the coronavirus, especially when two. I guess, I'm assuming with, with, with how much he's interacted with with his family and other people during this time, he's probably not one of the two Lakers that tested positive, mm. which is you know a pretty good sign because I'm, I'm sort of a LeBron James fan. I think it's just good the bigger players are not because it just it creates more mass hysteria. In the public, when bigger, bigger people get their virus, yeah. Um, so you know, it's pretty good news. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, and I guess the last piece, which I think kind of goes with the other leagues at this, I guess hockey mainly and basketball. Like, there's a lot of indecision about what what the plan is when, like, I guess there is freedom to actually start these leagues again. Like, if you're going to start at the point that they ended or just go right into the playoffs. Um, I don't know what Nick's opinions are, but if I had to decide, it just makes sense to, it'll be interesting what they do, but I'd have to say like, just start the playoffs right when we can actually play basketball again or hockey in that case, because if you try and play those 20 games that are left or something like that, I don't know how far back you want to push everything and then that just creates problems for the years the years after, um, like how long the break is between each season and stuff like that. I don't know. What are your opinions on that? I sort of disagree with you. I think they should go into the regular season and then playoffs because, number one, I think it's going to be unfair for the teams that were on the verge. Like the Falcons who have been climbing pretty pretty fast. I think they're on the 10th seed right now in the West with Zion coming back. So a team like that, you know, really pushing for a playoff push which would be really big for Zion in his rookie year, and he's doing amazing. Uh, you know, yeah. between, him, between him and John Morant, which is the number one, pick, number one and two picks, is pretty big. But the fact that they're, they're they're going for it, which means, you know, the teams that pick them pick well. Uh, totally unrelated, I digress. Um, but I, I think, you know, I think it's absolutely fine if they push back into the summer. I think here's what you have to do, right? Like you, you push everything back into the summer. There's going to be a lot less of a, a, a gap and a period in between the season. Mm-hmm. But I think it's all right. It's a really unprecedented time. I think that yeah, I players in the NBA, they like to hoop. People like to watch basketball. 
Um, you know, they're going to dislike the fact that they didn't have time, you know, time to maybe rest or spend time with their family in the summer. But, you know, equivalently, they're doing that right now. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for them. Um, so if they just push it into the summer and then start next year's league at the exact same time with no changes, I think that would work out pretty well. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, with what you said, it's like unprecedented. You got to just take something and like, that was not the right way to say it. And the the time off that they're getting in the summer, they're getting now instead, basically. yeah, Yeah. I guess that's true. Um, college stuff. Uh, so college stuff, uh, obviously not much going on. Uh, as I said, NFL draft, probably going to get pushed back, has not been announced yet. Uh, on the college basketball side, uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see, but March Madness would have been happening right now. I believe in the 17th it would have started. Um, my first year at Villanova, I'm pretty upset that I didn't get to watch. You know, we're probably going to be a two or three seed in the – in the tournament this year, and I'm getting I'm getting a, a season taken away from me. Um, obviously, you know I'm going to be a Villanova fan for life, but you know being on campus, and being a student at the time that we win the Big East tournament or when we win the national championship is totally different than as an alumni. I'm sure of it. Uh, it's probably an experience that you'd, you'd keep with you for the rest of your life, and I'm really hoping it's something I get to do in the next two years that I'll be there. Mm. But it just really sucks that I have a year taken away from me. I'm sure a lot of you know kids in college feel like that for teams that we're going to be in the tournament. Um, and the second of all, it's, it's looking more and more likely that the basketball players are not going to get that extra year of eligibility back. Uh, it's really upsetting because I hope they would, but at the end of the day, most of their season was played already. Uh, the, these guys are, gonna, are declaring for the draft. Like Anthony Edwards from Georgia declared for the draft. A lot of these guys are declaring for the draft. It, it messed with the NBA draft. There's two moving pieces between graduation from colleges. It, it just, it, it'd be nearly impossible to set it up the way they'd want to. So they're probably just going to cancel it all together and then have it next year, which again, really stinks. I was really hoping to watch it. Um, and that, that covers college stuff. Right. Um, so for the second week in a row. Very unique title. I just, just looking at it, college stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Keep it as basic as possible. It's um, college stuff. Yeah. For the second week in a row, I guess our controversial topic is the um, thing that's going around in the news and stuff, the coronavirus. Um, Nick, you want to do a little medical? Um, sure. So obviously nothing's changed too much in terms of uh, I believe the death rate had, had dropped significantly, almost a 1%, and I think it's, it's came up a little bit since then. Mm. But the cases in the U.S., as I had predicted last week, and as most people predicted, are uh, exponentially increasing, which we expected just because of disease. It, it can be transferred up to three and a half people per person that gets it. So again, very contagious. Um, in terms of like how to prepare yourself and whatever, uh, nothing has changed. Refer to the CCC. Uh, wash your hands. It's, again, super effective. Make sure you're doing that. Um, ask your local health professionals if you do feel sick. Uh, the U.S., you know, the, the federal government as well as private companies are starting to come out with more and more tests. So testing people is getting a lot easier. So if you do feel symptoms and it's getting, you know, it, I would say if it gets worse than a cold, uh, definitely contact your doctor um, and see, you know, what you can do about maybe getting a test. Again, the symptoms are roughly, are roughly, but again, check the CDC, but are roughly. Uh, coughing, fever, uh, trouble breathing. Those are your three main symptoms that you really have to look out for. So if you're having those things and it feel, definitely feels worse than a cold, it wouldn't be a bad idea to contact your doctor and, and see what you should do. Um, beyond that, in terms of like statistically, uh, we're looking at about 35,000 cases in the U.S., um, which is incredible because – and that's CDC confirmed, right? There's obviously a lot more than that and a lot of people that haven't gotten tested that do have it. So probably looking at you know upwards of two or 300,000 people that have it in the U.S., honestly. Um, but I, it's impossible to say how many. But uh, in terms of the CDC confirmed cases, it's pretty interesting because 
Uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's nothing worse than the flu, uh, yada, yada. Um, it was a two, three days ago. We had less than 10,000 confirmed cases. We, we had, I would say last week we had about 1,000 confirmed cases in the U.S., and now we're at 35,000. Over a week, we've had 35,000 people get get confirmed with the virus. So that, that's a significant increase. Uh, the coronavirus is nothing to play around with. Um, but I think, honestly, it, again, this is all about our, my opinion. So you know, enough with the, um, the medical stuff that will bore you. My opinion, I think we have too many people that are polarized on this situation. We have the people who are saying absolutely nothing, going to spring break, going to parties. And you have the people on the other side who are bunkering down, buying everything the grocery store has. People just need to relax, all right? Uh, you know, go to try to stay in, inside as much as you can. But if you got to go to a grocery store, go ahead. And I wouldn't be going out with tons of groups of people. But if you want to go for a run or go bike riding, whatever you want to do, uh, which Brian likes to bike ride, so that's why I mentioned that. But um, you know, if, go get go get your exercise. Exercise is pretty important, just as important as trying to stay clear of people of the virus and doing things like washing your hands and, and being careful about you know what you're touching and when you're touching your face. Um, so again, try to live your life just a lot, be a lot safer. But at the same time, it is a good idea to exclude things like, you know, being in a group with more than 50 people. Um, you know, the government's starting to step up. They're, they're quarantining. Uh, New York State just put it in effective today. They're having a mandatory, like, stay in shelter, which California had. Um, you know, they, they want you to stay home if you – and they're closing non-essential businesses down. So, like, grocery stores and stuff like that will stay open. But anything that's non-essential, like clothing stores and stuff, I'm assuming you're going to close – it's all about how those companies, the companies, I'm sure, have to file for being an essential service, and then the government will allow them not to be or to not to be, depending on what you know, if it's valid or not. Um, you know, people, the economy is tanking pretty bad. Definitely a scary time, but again, don't panic. Realize that the world's not going to end. Just continue to be safe um, and and try to live your life as best as you can, uh, Brian. Um, look, it's kind of similar to what happened, what we were talking about last week, so not much different. Yeah, I've, um, I'd say last week I was a little bit more, like, on the edge about the whole situation, kind of nervous, um, but I'm kind of getting used to it, I'm going on bike rides, as Nick said, um, and just kind of getting used to it all, um, I mean, I don't know how long it's gonna last, hopefully it ends soon, hopefully our summers aren't ruined, which I hope not, I'm just kind of preparing for a couple more months or however long i'm not as nervous as i was last week which is good um i guess that's it you have nothing else medical yeah no yeah okay so i guess that's it um final thoughts nick uh one thing that i wanted to say uh just going back to the nfl which i forgot to say during the uh little free agency breakdown was that the Eagles were really looking to address their secondary within the free agency, and they did that with Darius Slay. Their secondary is a, 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 you know terrible last year, so it's a pretty big pickup for them with Darius Slay. And also, I'm expecting them to sign a lot of wide receivers, you know, sign draft wide receivers in, in the draft. Other wide receiver course pretty terrible. Those were probably their top two issues last year, so that's what they're really trying to address there. Um, beyond that, um, you know, quarantining, uh, you know, I, not much change for me because I was always the type of guy to stay inside and play video games anyway, so... Was never was not that huge of a change for me, um, and I kind of like it because it, it definitely helps my schedule ease ease a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not absolutely bored like everyone else because again, I play video games. So that, that you know, that's always like a big hobby for me, so I'm not really bored with that. But also, the, the amount of work that I had was was pretty much overwhelming while I was at school, and now it's a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying that part. 
you know, I don't have to spend half an hour going to class every day. You know, when I go to a class and come back, it's about half an hour. By the time I go to and come back, 15 minutes each way. Mm. And I have two or three classes a day. So that's, you know, hour, hour and a half that I'm saving. Um, I don't have to go to meetings. I don't have to go all the way to the, dining, you know, 10-minute walk to the dining hall to get food. So, so you know, it's, it's, I'm saving a lot, a decent amount of time and having to just chill out a little bit more. So I'm, I'm kind of enjoying my, my time in quarantine. Obviously, I'm not enjoying the coronavirus because I would like to be able to do some normal stuff every once in a while. But um, other than that, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, let us know what you're doing in your quarantine time for sure. Um, also, let us know what you definitely let us know what you guys think about like in terms of leagues containing. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about that in terms of do you think it'd be like more like Brian suggested where they just go right to the playoffs and try to scrap, you know, make it as as you know, timely as I can in terms yeah. of making the times match exactly to how it would have been. Where do you like my idea better where it's like, you know, it's screw it. This is unprecedented time. We're going to salvage as much as we can. We might have a shorter off season, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I'll be interested in, in seeing what you guys have to say about that. So if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, including those, uh, feel free to contact me on my Twitter at Nick Horvath 61 on my Instagram at Nick.Horvath or on at my email at Nicholas Horvath 10 at yahoo.com. Other than that, uh, you guys stay safe. Uh, you know, go have some fun. You know, don't don't be sad. Live life happy. Uh, I'll hand it over to Brian. See you guys next week. Yeah. Uh, so, what Nick was saying about going to the classes really is important to me because I'm a commuter student. So it took me like, and I'd say like an hour to get to a class and then to get home. So now that I'm home and just taking classes online, it hasn't started yet. I start tomorrow, which will be interesting to see how that plays out. But that's definitely huge for me. Um, and I'm, like, a kid who can't really sit still in class, and I, like, get really bored easily, so being able to be at home and, like, kind of just, like, relax while I'm in class will be nice. It'll be nice to see. And also, I'm pretty sure how... Are you guys using Zoom, Villanova? We are. I, I actually hate Zoom because I still have to wake up for on time for all my classes uh, that I would have been at, so it still kind of sucks. Although I can wake up a little bit later because obviously I don't have to walk there. Yeah. I think it's really tough the kids that maybe live out in because again i go to villanova we're on the east coast um if some of the kid lives out in california they gotta wake up at 5 30 6 30 in the morning to wake up for an online class which sucks yeah for how nyu is doing it some of the teachers are just recording their lessons and then we're just we have they're trusting us to watch the lessons um and then because nyu is like so diverse and it's like known as a diverse school obviously the time zones are all off and everything so like the classes that had um attendance as like a requirement that isn't a thing anymore so they're just letting kids get onto the classes in their own time which is nice um i don't know if i'm going to take advantage of that or just actually be on time for my classes um but yeah i guess i'm i'm just uh as i said getting used to this new way of life uh, it's not going to be this way forever but trying to stay safe um trying to have as normal of a life as possible. Um, but other than that, that's really it. Let us know what you thought of the podcast. Um, any comments and whatever. Um, we're thinking about other ways to expand the sport universe. One of them that I talked to Nick about was possibly getting other podcasts on board, um, kind of growing out our podcast network. Um, I've been talking to a few, which I'll talk to Nick about. But um, keep an eye out for that. Um... Not really anything else, so thanks for listening. Bye.